Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have real conversations helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm Becky Harling, your host, and I have the amazing Sarah Wildman as my co-host today. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Becky. It's so wonderful to be here. And okay, we're going to get serious for just a second. I was looking at some of our past podcasts, and we know that moms have been super interested when they're hurting, right? There are a lot of, of us that know people, or maybe it's ourselves that are hurting based on our kids and how they're behaving and maybe even doing some self-destructive things. So we're going to dive into something kind of heavy, but we know that our moms have been interested in these things. So um, yeah, so I'm excited about today's topic because as I travel and speak, Sarah, I talk with so many moms who are in the thick of parenting and they either have Mm. teens or young adults or even adults who have wandered far from their faith. And my heart goes out to them. And as I pray with them, I want them to know that there's hope. And our guest today is going to deliver hope. So I met Lane a few years ago at a conference where we both were. And so our guest today is Lane Lawson Craft, and she has written The Parents' Battle Plan, Warfare Strategies, to win back your prodigal. And I think this message is so important. Lane is an award-winning, best-selling author. She's delightfully fun and enthusiastic. She's bubbly and uh, effusive. She has a, a fantastic podcast called Living Lively with Lane. I love that title, Lane, by the way. And then she has another poor podcast on warfare parenting. And I don't want to say any more, Lane, because we're so excited to have you here and we really want to dive in. So welcome, Lane. Thank you so much. This is so wonderful. And listen, I just want to jump right in, Sarah. Uh, You know, I was very blessed to be with the Duffies this past week on Fox News. And we were talking about this book. And, you know, Rachel said, I think a mother that's expecting needs to get this book to prepare for the warfare that is after our children. So I don't know what age, you know, a mom's, grandmom's, aunts, uncles, Listen, everybody can learn something today because this war is real. And so I'm just very honored to be here today. Well, we're loving having you, Lane. And so I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So exactly how many kids do you have before we dive into what made you write this book? (laughs) Well, let me just, I'll just do a really short synopsis. Steve and I married uh, entrepreneurs. we only owned our own business our whole life. So we say God has given us everything. Uh, We uh, have two miscarriages and then three kids in three years. So life was kind of layering. My third one was a preemie, very sick, uh, very, very sick for most of her uh, years. So anyway, so life was tough, but uh, about 17 years in our marriage, we were really at uh, opposite ends of the house. We were going to divorce. We were uh, just done. And so we decided that if we were going to start over, we were both kind of in our late thirties, good looking. Uh, we, we said, we're going to start <laughs> over because I wasn't going to stay single. And he wasn't either. Why not start over again from scratch? So we fell to our knees and asked God, 
please help us to forgive one another. Please help us to resurrect this marriage. And that was truly a miracle in our lives. And from that point forward, ladies, I mean, from 17, 18 years of a dead marriage, God made our marriage new. So I don't know if someone needs to hear that today uh, because it's important. That was the anchor ladies, that kept us hopeful. When our three kids, remember I had three in three years, so I had three teens in the house and all three of them were battled with the enemy. And so what, um, you know, we can go into their short testimonies, but that's why I wrote this book. So listen, I was at the pinnacle of what I thought God had created me to be. He pulled me out of the marketplace after this wonderful miracle of resurrected marriage and asked me to share the hope to women that didn't really know God was moving today. I mean, God is still moving, breathing, uh, miracle signs and wonders, amen. And he just wanted me to share that. So I began a ministry in that mode and it was just so successful. It grew into a magazine that ended up in every bookstore in America and Canada for eight years. All kinds of famous women on the cover where they would share where faith mattered in their lives. Mm. Well, at that time, y'all, my three teenagers were in hell in different ways. And I had no idea the extent. I knew they were troubled. My heart was broken. Lots of disappointments, lots of tears. But I need someone else to also hear. I thought I was doing everything God told me to do. I was sacrificing at a great degree to serve that magazine and to get this these stories of glory for God out. And yet there was a terrific war at home. Uh, you haven't done anything wrong. Most of you, if you're even listening to this podcast, that means you're loving your kids, trying to do better. Uh, you know, if you're going to church, you're you're doing all the things that you know. It's just, listen, you are in a war, not with your child. You're in a war with the enemy. And he is dark today, ladies. Mm-hmm. Wow, For Lane. sure. So you've, you've kind of given us a little preview with your kids. I hear you that we're in a battle. So tell me when that kind of came to your brain, like, oh, wow, this is happening to my family with your kids. Was there a moment when you really knew this is a battle? This is more than just teen stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a mother's day. Yes. So Sarah, it was a mother's day and I'll never forget it. Uh, Friday night, I'd gotten a phone call from one set of police for my one son. And then the next night I got another call from another in the middle of the night. And I was sitting on, in my lane recliner on a Sunday morning bawling saying, I wish I wasn't even a mother today. My heart was so broken and I was so disappointed. But I wanted to share this. All three of them now are living whole, free and healed. And they all three had supernatural personal, intimate experiences with God. So um, my eldest was, I prayed for him for 15 years. Um, He shares, ladies, that he was 12 or 13 and a friend showed him porn. And he believes when he saw those pictures, it was a gate that the enemy used for the next 15 years to take him through drugs, alcohol, womanizing, and just wild. But uh, he had a uh, just amazing encounter. Uh, one night, 15, 15 years into it, he was in Destin and he was high on cocaine and called an Uber from a bar and said, can you take me to the next place? And this Uber driver picked him up. Ladies, this Uber driver was a pastor from a foreign country. And he heard the voice of the Lord say, you need to pray for this son, this boy. So he said, can I pray for you? And Stephen said, sure, you know, because he's he was used to prayer. Remember, we raised him, you know, in that power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so anyway, the man started praying 
and the presence of God got so heavy in this Uber driver's car, he fell to the floorboard and he could hardly breathe. Tears. He said, please quit praying. I feel the Lord. Please quit praying. So that encounter changed his life forever. That one touch from God. And then Lawson, he got wrapped up in these music concerts and partied and was doing what everybody else was doing. And he had an experience on the other side. He went about 12 hours, 14 hours, really out of his mind. And his dad even had to spend the night with him at 24 years old. And the ultimate end of that was that when he woke up, he had a busted lip that required plastic surgery, holes in his feet from where he jumped in the oyster bed, and he remembered none of it. And he said, I'll never have another day that I don't remember a second. And he was forever changed. And then my daughter was about 18, and she was beautiful, uh, artistic, but she never really felt like she fit in. You know, she never felt pretty. There were some mean girls in the couple of classes around her and just really felt different and strange. And so one night she was in the car with a friend and thank God it was a Christian friend at 18 and they were in her Jeep. And 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 Kaylee said to her, bawling, I just don't think if I can keep going. I, I just I don't I, I'm so down. And she goes, I keep hearing these voices in my head that life would be better without me. And was just bawling. And she said, let's pray. And so her and her friend grabbed hands and they began to pray. And the presence of God, the touch of God, touched my daughter's heart. She said it was instant, mama. It was like, just like a a heater. And it went up and down and the tears dried up and she forever was changed. So it's just amazing. So you asked Sarah, you know, this book uh, came as, as we saw our children delivered whole and free the the calls I was getting from from family members, friends of, I mean, and and I'm talking pillars in the Christian broadcasting. I mean, it, no one is uh, is escaping this. I mean, from gender confusion, drug addictions, yeah. fentanyl poisoning. I mean, we depression and suicide are at all time rate for our young people. Um, I just the Lord pressed on my heart. Go back and look. Go back and put together some points and some guiding points for parents that are in the battle lane. They need your hope. And that's how this book was uh, penned. I love that, Lane. I love that so much. And I um, have read parts of your book. And one of the stories you share in there is when your daughter, uh, you weren't sure she was going to make it. Um, and you weren't sure she was going to live. And you talk in the book about surrendering and going to what I call the Isaac altar. And I, I, you know, personally, I believe that God is going to call every mama to that Isaac altar. But I wondered if you would share that experience and a little bit about what that looked like in your life and how God met you through your surrender. Yes. Well, first and foremost, surrender has been giving a very negative connotation. Mm-hmm. When people hear surrender, they think, forget it. I, I don't know how to do that. Uh, surrender. So listen, surrender to me is yielding. I use yeah. a traffic light. You know how you get a green light means go, red light means yeah. stop, and yellow means yield. So what I, what I know to do, and I specifically learned to do as a parent in the battle, was to yield to God. So that's what I mean by surrender. But what you're talking about, Kaylee was sent home her freshman year. 
So remember, she has been touched by God. She's now working at a church, at a college, you know, just just you know, just doing wonderful things. And again, remember, she had health issues. When she got to college, a few months into college, my sister had to run and go get her. Uh, she was unable to get out of bed and she was in the hospital for days and they ran every test, spinal taps, just incredible and really basically sent her home to die. And what, the day before she came home, I had a pullout back and I just got on my knees and I said, Father God, listen, if this is an Isaac situation, if this is a part of my story, I'll receive it, but I know I'll need your sustaining power to get through it and the miracle of living past it. But God, please deliver her from this pain. She was just an intense pain and struggles. So I took that altar example because, you know, this is another passion of mine. I only teach from what I've done in my life. I don't read yeah. about it and tell somebody about it. I mean, these are these are real life proven strategies and ways to maneuver through a dark world after our children. But so I I so what I'm trying to say is we partner with God. That that's a big point of the book. Look, he is our original father. He is the original father prodigal father. Someone needs to hear that today. Remember, he had Adam and Eve and he put them in a garden and he gave them clothes and food and took and gave great care to them and just said, don't do this one thing. And what did they do? The one thing. So God was the first prodigal. He was so disappointed. He was like, man, I just asked you not to do one thing. So uh, he's the original father. He's our father. And so when we partner with him, Becky, we are allowing him to move through us to steward this creation because that's his creation that he's trusted us with. I love that because I think so many mamas struggle with control. You know, we we want to do it right, right? And we we think somewhere in our thinking that if we do A plus B, it's going to equal C. And, you know, raising kids is not an equation, <laughs> as yeah. we've all figured out. And giving up control as moms is a big thing for us. And so I love the word yield. When we yield control to God and when we decide, okay, we're just going to partner with God in this, yes. it goes a whole lot better. Well, yes. And Becky, how can you prepare? And Sarah, again, I'm coming to you because you're in this younger generation and I'm in the throes of it. I'm uh -huh. entering a lot of you. You're yeah. one click away. You're one click away from the wrong picture being sent to your kid. You're one click away from the wrong picture being sent out. You're one click away from the wrong person that picks them up or, or, or bullies them. I mean, it's literally one click away is the urgency today. You know, the one pill can kill. Well, one click can destroy. And it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. So you can't control second to second ladies. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's a big point right there that I've not even really getting full revelation here. I mean, you have to relinquish yielding to God because that's a every second today, goodness, Lord, you're going to have to make sure that these crooked ways get straightened or that you bring me the revelation of what they've been exposed to. You know, and those things, second to second. That's good. Yeah. So, Lane, let's talk about rebellion because obviously we've talked about how we can't control everything. We wish we could, right? And even when we think we're controlling it, we're not really, right? <laughs> when someone, uh, I, you know, I'm even thinking of littles. Obviously, the consequences 
get scary huge when you're having teenagers, but I'm even thinking of a little one, right? And you just see that rebellion coming out. There's a way they know and they are running the opposite way. So do you have some encouragement for our moms? What's even looking back, what's, what's the first thing we should do when we see that rebellion? Absolutely. Well, first I want to say, I say in the book, Sarah, little kids, little problems, a scant knee, you know, uh, I've had an accident, big kids, big problems. So I, that's funny. You should say that, but rebellion. So I I often say, listen, a little bit of rebellion Mm -hmm. is natural. It's a rite of passage. That's how we start breaking the apron strings for mom and dad, you know, getting that independence. But when it becomes unhealthy rebellion is when you start seeing this defiant, self-destructive, one a kid that's absolutely non-compliant. Those are unhealthy, rebellious behaviors. And I want to say something very important today. Our culture has put pressure on moms and dads to be kids' best friends. Listen, you cannot be your kid's best friend and a good parent. I'm telling you, but you can find a middle ground. You can be a parent that's close, but always in full authority with the final say. So someone needs to hear that today, because if we don't keep that intact, if we don't see that we're the parent first with the authority then we will certainly get a lot of rebellion and noncompliance. So take that load off, parents. Don't be the best friend. And when you start those steps, because I encountered it, you're going to hear, I hate you. You don't understand. You don't love me. But let that be a wink that you're doing the right step because we got to keep authority in the home and have the last say because Ladies, is that going to produce a a child that has no rules or boundaries? Is that going to produce a respectful young adult that holds a job that understands a boss? I mean, it will not prepare them for the real world. And that's what, you know, when you get teenage years and young adults, you become from parent to coach. So you need to be laying that track work. And that begins with not being their best friend, being their parent, loving them, but not enabling. And I don't know if y'all got that chapter, but just real quickly, you know, when we we do surrender to their noncompliance and their rebellion, it brings a lot of chaos. So how do you bring, you know, control? And, and when I say control, you know, where you have authority um, and order in your home. And, and that's just simply sitting down and saying, listen, these set of rules we've been living by are not working. So I also tell parents, new rules can come anytime that you see the old rules are not working. Amen. And, mm-hmm. and you know, each season brings new set of rules. So um, I just say to parents, when you see that things are out of control, you got a rebellious kid, let's reel them in and say, listen, uh, I can't enable this. Uh, we're going to talk about what's necessities and luxuries. And you just start with that. So necessities are food and water and a bed. But luxuries are phone, maybe a car, maybe those sports activities, whatever. And you start managing through that to gain back your authority and boundaries. And I'm telling you, um, they're going to not be happy. And that's when you go, okay, the silent treatment. All right, well, let's see. When we start talking again, I'll give you your phone back. You know, you just start getting creative and and really it's harder. Yeah, it's harder. It's harder to work through and sit down and try to communicate. 
but I promise you, if you don't, it just, it just rolls the can down the road. Yeah. I, I love that lane. I, I often tell moms, you want to keep the connection as much as you can, you know, but you don't have to be their best friend because they really don't want you to be their best friend because then when they're wigging out of control, you're wigging out of control as their best friend. They need to know, Hey, I'm wigging out of control. However, my mom is still stable. <laughs> She's not going out of control, you know, so I can trust her or I can trust dad, you know, and, and rules are an interesting topic in and of themselves. You know, we used to tell our kids when we were raising them, you know, we're not going to give you a lot of rules. However, if we see that you can't abide by those, then we will be adding rules, you know? So a lot of the choice is yours and how responsible you want to be. So when rebellious kids make poor choices, I have seen so many parents just wallow down into a pit of guilt and shame and isolate themselves. And you, you touched on this before Lane, but that's a really poor choice. Can you talk about that? Because we need each other as Christian moms. Yes. Well, it's toxic to ourselves to beat ourselves up, you know, to repeat those. And, and listen, I was guilty. I mean, I'd say, oh, he's never going to change. God, what are you going to answer my prayers? I mean, you know, so I, I really challenge first and foremost, again, take the shame and guilt off. Um, yeah. You know, I ask parents to assess their life. You know, I, I had a thing on my refrigerator's for years. And it said, you can say what I say and do what I do. Think about that. Can, do, can you say that to your kids? I mean, are you living in a way that you're expecting your kids to live? Come on now. So that's not to con condemn you. It's just to convict you that, you know, what, how are we living? You know, are, are, are we, are we living in the steps that you feel God has asked you as a parent to raise these beautiful children in. And so, you know, every day's a new day. New mercies are every day. So you may say to yourself, you know, since COVID, I haven't been as participating in places that I was of faith or whatever. So I just say, hey, brush it off, wake up. It's a new mercy and say, you know, as of today, I want to be a better parent. I want to partner with God. It starts with my relationship with him. You know, first and foremost, and then out of the outpouring of what God does through me, I think I can do a better job in handling these very hard situations because it is hard, you know, in the battle. So I just say, forgive yourself. I always tell my friends, accept the grace, give yourself the grace and and start there and then make choices that make you better. One of the things we all do, y'all, in the battle is we, we're, we're frazzled. You know, we give everybody, we pour out, we pour out, and we're last. I encourage you, what's a hobby you might have given up? What's a passion you think you could get back into? Because we don't want the kids to also take our lives with theirs, you know, we don't want everybody to go down the drain. So we, you know, I really encourage you to pour back into yourself, pour back into God. And um, when you do these things, you will see a shift. You will see a shift. Yeah. I just want to add one thing to that, Lena, because I think that's so good. And I, I want to just add that when you blow it with your child, like when you realize, okay, their behavior has triggered something in me. And now I just acted in a way that's not consistent with the fruit of the spirit. You know, it, it, it's never 
uh, too late for an apology. So apologize to your kids. I remember apologizing to my kids sometimes where it was like, okay, baby, I did not handle that correctly the way the Lord wanted me to. So I need you to forgive me. And I know the Lord's going to forgive me, you know, so never underestimate the power of a good apology if you've lost it with your kids. Right. You know, and I, and I touched on that in the book. I said the two most powerful words that will heal is I'm sorry. Yeah, Two powerful words. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have yelled. I'm so sorry. You know, that is a reset in your home. And, you know, you could start with that. If your house right now, if you're a parent, you've got 10, 12, 15 year olds that are out of control. You might just have a family meeting and say, listen, we're doing a reset. I'm resetting. I'm going to reset. We're, and let's do it together and just go through it. I'm telling you, it is healing. It would be a very healing bomb for the family. Lane, I'm laughing. At first, yeah. I thought you were going to say if you have 10 or 15 children running around, I thought they may, they may, I thought you were they may need a too. reset. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that you know, the Duffies have nine children. And when we were doing our thing, one of them came in and we were just laughing. Nine children. I mean, can you imagine? No, I oh. cannot. No, I yeah. cannot. So on a, a serious note, I do think about, um, you know, I have a family member that walked away from the Lord years ago. And I know that she has a mom that's been praying for her for 25 years, right? And, you know, sometimes the Lord brings us through that battle and we have these success stories that we're so excited about. I mean, I rejoice that your kids have found the Lord or walking on that path. But what are some ways, let's think about those moms who maybe are discouraged, like I have been praying, <laughs> but what what's some encouragement for them, of course, to continue? And, and what did you learn about prayer throughout all of this? And I'll tell you, Sarah, in, in chapter 18, I talk about mm -hmm. when the worst happens. There was such a burden on my heart because I had tasted death for, with Kaylee and Lawson in different mm -hmm. circumstances that were not related mm -hmm. to warfare, but I knew the pain of losing them mm -hmm. possibly. Um, mm -hmm. I also know there are a lot of parents right now that have lost a kid to fentanyl poisoning or suicide or something and still have a couple mm -hmm. of teens at home. I wanted them to know I, I can't even imagine the grief and the pain and the struggles. I'll never, you know, praise God, I don't. But I wanted to address that because I don't believe in this Pollyanna attitude that everybody gets a happily ever after. What I say is the miracle you prayed for may not be the miracle you got, but the miracle that you're still living beyond it's a miracle to live beyond the worst. And so uh, I, I have to say that. So, you know, I'm real. I mean, I know, uh, like I said, y'all, it, it takes just a grain of sand or salt in a pill that a kid takes for the first time in their lives. I mean, like I said, these aren't drug addicts. These are just kids that are thinking it's like a shot in the old days of tequila, but it's a pill that are killing them instantly. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean, so so this mm -hmm. it's a whole new world out there. But all of this to say, um, I just feel very powerful about that the Lord will answer that when we get there. I, I, I have in the chapter that it, it's a promise of God that there will be no more sorrow. There will be no yeah. more pain, no more tears. And that's our hope that when we get to heaven, that we will be reunited with the loved ones we've lost unjustly, unfairly, mm -hmm. too young. But for the parents that are praying, 
Sarah, I, I, I say 15 years seem like a lifetime, you know, not 15 weeks, not 15 months, 15 years. I would pray and, and, and hope that God would change Stephen and we would have glimmers of it and there would be a setback. And listen, I say today to anyone, no prodigal is too far gone for God. Amen. We have until our last breath. So continue to pray. I think perseverance is a, is a, is a value, a characteristic that we've lost. Uh, that's one thing that God blessed me with. I am going to stand in there and fight. My dad said I would beat my head against the wall. You know, it, it's stubborn. Uh, it takes that tenacity today in your prayer life. I mean, I want you to get your war clothes on for these kids. I want you to say no weapon formed against my child will prosper. I want you to say all things will work for good. I may not see it now, but I know all things will work for good. You just start that mindset like a just a warrior and and stand in faith. Uh, I noticed the other day, I, was, I, I read the Bible every day and uh, I've read through the Bible so many times now. And, and I just love when it says it was by their faith, by their faith. You know, remember, faith is believing in something that hasn't happened yet, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just, I've been there. So my heart breaks. Mm-hmm. I know the heartache of when you are disappointed or when that answer is not there. All I can tell you is persevere, don't give up and trust in God because you will not lose in those ways. You just will not lose. Thank you. I love that, Lane. We are almost out of time, but I want to make sure that our listeners can connect with you, that they can order a copy of this book. And I want to reiterate something that Lane said, whether you are pregnant with your first child, whether your kids are in grade school, whether they're teens or whether they're out of the home and raising their own kids, they need your prayers. And they need you to be doing warfare on their behalf. So no matter where you are in your season of parenting, I really want to encourage you to get this book, The Parents' Battle Plan. So Lane, tell us, where can our listeners get a copy of your book and how can they connect with you? Yeah, so you can get it anywhere books are sold. I've got a bundle on my website lanelawsoncraft.com. You can get the promises to pray over them. You can get eBooks and then the book. And the Warfare Parenting Podcast is just a great podcast. We talk about the tough subjects with spiritual solutions for parenting in the battle, Uh, just all kinds of things. And so uh, lanelawsoncraft.com. And then of course, anywhere books are sold. Okay, so we will have that link in the show notes. And I, again, mamas, this is such an important topic. No matter where you are in your parenting journey, I want to encourage you to get a copy of Lane's book because it's never too early to start that warfare praying. Hey, I'm going to close us out in prayer, Lane, and uh, then we'll have to say goodbye to you as our guest has been delightful to have you. Lord Jesus, we pray for our mamas that are out there that are just in the trenches. Maybe some of them are fearful because of all the gender confusion stuff that's happening. Maybe some of them are fearful because of the gun violence that has gone on in schools. Maybe some of them are fearful that their kids are going to get into drugs or or view pornography and walk away from you. 
Right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come with your comforting peace and quiet their hearts. Help them to remember that they can do something. They can get on their knees and begin praying scripture over their kids. They can begin warfare prayer on behalf of their kids. And we know that you honor those prayers when we're persistent and we continue to press into you. And so I pray that you would encourage our mamas, help them not to give up hope, but to remember Lane's story, Lord. And we thank you for her in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lane, it was great Thanks to have all. you with us. Thank you Such so much. Joy. And Thanks. friends, we want to invite you to join us again next week for another episode of the Connected Mom podcast, where we'll have another real conversation about helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.